Well, praise God. Um, get your Bibles out. Just throw them open. You should be excited about going to the Word of God. So that's why we do a little whoop whoop. Okay. I think I found where I need to be. Okay, so we've been talking about the kingdom of God, and I've been, I've been challenging y'all to be kingdom seekers. And so anyway, we've, I've preached this message a couple of times already, and, and y'all, I, I can't go back and review. We'll never get through. I'm a long-winded preacher. I can't help it. And so if I go back to review, and I'm going to start chasing rabbit trails over there, and I'm just going to stay on it and stay on it. So you just, if you want to follow it from the beginning, you have to go back and look at it. And so what I want to pick up on is what I, what I was the last, last weeks and go into today is that, you know, what I'm trying to get across to y'all, what I'm trying to preach and, and declare to the world out there, is that we, we mess up because we think the kingdom of God, just like the disciples did, has to come with like Jesus figuratively, you know, coming out of the sky and sitting on the throne and, 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 and starting the millennial reign, you know, or whatever. We think that that's got to be the kingdom of God. That's when the kingdom is going to happen. Or if there's a revival, or if there's a big move of God, or if, you know, Something's happening, taking place, miracle signs, wonders. Oh, you know, yeah, God's moving. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus said the kingdom of God's not going to come with observation. It's not going to come and you can say, see, look here, see, look there. He says, for the kingdom of God is within you. So what Jesus is trying to convey to all of us, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is now. He says it's here. The kingdom of heaven is on earth. The kingdom of heaven is that experience that you has to take place with you on the inside of you that opens the door for you communicating with heaven, for you going to the throne. This is truly what the kingdom of God is all about. And if you're seeking the kingdom of God in another form or fashion, you're looking to see here, looking to see that you're going to miss God right in your midst. Hello? You're going to miss him right in your midst. And what, what we've got to do is have a connection, a living connection with the living God right here and now so that you're not waiting to meet Jesus in heaven. You're already having meetings with Jesus every day of your life, every moment, every breath of your day. You're in there. You're involved and you're walking in truly what the principles of the kingdom of God are. So I went through and I told you what the kingdom of God wasn't. And then I began to tell you how to find steps to find and walk in the kingdom of God, to recognize the kingdom of God. And the first step I talked about was that a kingdom divided against itself, it cannot stand. If there's any place in your life that you're hanging on to half the things of the world or half the things of God, or you're believing, you know, in this or believing in a little in that, you've just kind of got a mixed mash relationship with God. Well, then I will tell you something, you're not going to get anywhere because you're always going to be trumped up, tripped up, stumped up, whatever, because you're not going to have the truth in you. And it goes down to, I told you, there's nothing but the word of God. If you don't believe the word of God's true, you're going to, you're going to, I can't help you. It's like going to a doctor. Would any of you go to a doctor and the doctor says, look, okay, you have a, you have a sinus infection and I want to give you some, uh, I want to give you some, uh, you know, whatever antibiotic, whatever a Z pack or whatever it would be. And I want to give that to you. And he said, well, I don't know. I don't know if I really think that'll work. Most people that would go to the doctor, you went to the doctor because you went to him to see what he had to say. And, you, and he gives you this and he says, this will help you. You say, OK, doc, I'll, I'll do it. Right. And then you read the prescription and it says, you know, you take one pill three times a day. And you say, well, I don't know. I don't want to take one through. I want to take all three at once. You know, you don't do it like that when the doctor tells you. But it's funny how when preachers, of course, 
You know, not all preachers are preaching the truth, but when I'm preaching the truth to you, you ought to be able to say, amen, get your Bibles out and start reading. So the second step I had was that the kingdom of God is a growing kingdom. Jesus said in, in Matthew 13, 31, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. You plant it and then it grows and it produces branches and leaves that the birds of the air can come and rest on. We're supposed to have a life with Jesus that's so alive, so vibrant that not only does it sustain us, but it sustains all those around us. Bring shade for others, blesses others, helps others. Let's, uh, let's the rest of the, 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 the birds rest on our branches. All of these children you just saw right there, all the ones at Casa Angelina, all the children were helping in Africa, all the people that were ministering, all the people that got blankets, those are products of the growth of the kingdom within us that's helping them to have shade and help in a time of need. Hello? That's what it is. So the kingdom of God's got to have growth in it. It's not growth of, of, a, of putting money in a bank and having a CD. Not that kind of growth. It's growth that's, that's so big, it can't be contained. There's so much joy in your life. Everybody that gets around you just gets giddy. There's so much love in your life that everybody that gets around you wants to be around you because, man, it's just spreading. It's just going in. Everybody's like, oh, I like to be around them. We all know what it's like to be around somebody you don't like to be around. Right. <laughs> Hello, here comes old grumpy. Good gosh. <laughs> right. And so then I talked to you about the way the kingdom's going to grow. And, and there's no way else the kingdom can grow in you except if you've got the living word in your life, okay? You're reading the word, you're meditating upon the word, and you're speaking the word, okay? That was last week's message. So now here's, here's where we go. The third part of this about how to recognize the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is. So get your Bibles. You got them out. Go to Luke 4.18. That's where I want to be, Luke 4.18. Now, Jesus' first message... He took it from the book of Isaiah, but in Luke 4 and 18, he gets out, he goes to church, he gets a scroll, he rolls the scroll out, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he tells you why. Because. Everybody say because. Yes. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is what he said. He said, the purpose of the kingdom of God is to break bondages and set people free. The kingdom of God is supposed to be setting people free, not bringing people into bondage. Hello? Church is supposed to liberate you. Not bring you into bondage. Yes, the whole kingdom message, the whole kingdom purpose, the whole kingdom of God come in your life. It causes you to grow, but then the growth in you causes you to liberate. It's liberating. It's not bondage. So I've heard the, you know, the devil comes all the time and works on people to get them not to go to church. Well, I don't want to go to church, you know. And then they have the excuses. Well, church is full of hypocrites. Uh, uh, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't believe that, you know, that, that, that doctrine's right. I like to dance, like to do whatever, you know. And so they got their, their issues, right? They got their issues they put in there. Because they think church is going to bring them into bondage. Or Jesus is going to bring them into bondage. But I want to tell you something I found, church. I have found the most liberation and freedom in my entire life serving God. 
Because the Bible says God wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to bless you, but he wants you to be set free. He doesn't want you to be in bondage to anything. Okay? So Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel, to break bondages. So if you want to know if something is of the kingdom of God, look and see, is it liberating? Or is it bringing into bondage? All right. Now, let me read another passage to you here. Go to the book of Luke, still in Luke, chapter 9. Go to chapter 9, verse 37. It's a story where Jesus comes down the mountain from the Mount of Transfiguration, and he comes down, and uh, the disciples are trying to cast the devil out of a boy whose fathers brought him there, and they couldn't do it. I'll pick it up in verse 37. It says, it happened down the next day that when they had come down from the mountain that a great multitude met him, and suddenly a man, and suddenly a man from the multitude cried out, saying, Teacher, I implore you to look on my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth, and it departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implored your disciples and, and to cast it out, but they could not. Then Jesus answered and said, Yo, faithless and perverse generation, how long am I going to be with you and, and, and bear with you? Bring your son here. So as they were still coming, the demon threw him down, convulsed him. And Jesus, look at this, rebuked the unclean spirit. He healed the child and he gave him back into the father. Years ago, I was praying and I was just asking the Lord to give me a, a sense of you know, purpose of, of, as a church. And, and what are we really supposed to be doing? I'm not talking about just like a specific, like what is Living Waters Church do, but like what is church supposed to be doing? And he gave me this passage of scripture and he says, there's three things you need to be doing. And then I saw how this fit into this message. He says, Robert, the first thing is you got to get the devil out. All right, get the devil out. Tell him he ain't got no place. All right. The second thing is then you need to heal the child. Right. You need to heal what the devil has done. You see, it's the devil that wants to bring people into bondage. How many houses, how many households, how many families, how many, you know, you know, families around the whole world, the whole world, not just the United States, the whole world have been destroyed because of some sort of bondage, drugs, alcohol, uh, physical abuse, whatever destroys the family. What does the devil want to do? He wants to bring people under bondage. This may sound like the craziest story you've ever heard, but one time a person came to me and they were a Christian, been a Christian for a long time. And, and they were just totally broken and just totally in bondage and totally all just messed up in their head and their thinking. And, and, and so I, I was trying to talk to them and help them and, and uh, just felt sorry for them. They're just miserable. And I said, what's wrong? And they said, I feel so guilty. I feel so, so, so guilty. And I said, why do you feel guilty about it? I mean, the Bible says repent and you can be healed of that guilt. Why do you feel guilty? Well, I smoke. And I said, man, that wasn't what I thought you were going to say. You know, I thought you were going to tell me something really bad, you know. And, and they said, yeah, I've prayed several times to quit. And I just can't, I, and I just can't break the habit. And I just... And I said, well, let me pray for you. Well, don't we're not going to do any good. People prayed for me, a bunch of times prayed for me, and I just can't quit smoking. And I said, well, you know what I think you ought to do? I think you ought to smoke. And the person just looked at me like I just said some blasphemous words. And I said, man, you're miserable. I said, Jesus, Jesus wants you happy. And why don't you just repent for not being able to break the bondage in your life, but just go ahead and smoke and enjoy it. And love Jesus. And I'm telling you, as you just keep loving him and appreciating him that he loves you, I think the bondage will be broken. 
And they said, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I never had a preacher tell me to go smoke. And I said, well, you're miserable. You're just miserable. I mean, you know, and I don't know. They left. I never saw them again. <laughs> Imagine that. But I know I was right. But the devil wants to bring people into bondage. Just like I've always said, you know, you go on a diet, you're going to try to lose weight. You're trying to, you know, watch what your calories you're eating. And then all you can do is think about what's in the icebox. Then, you know, there's a temptation. The tempter comes. He stands there. He tempts you. You go. You finally indulge. You eat. You convince yourself it's not a big deal. No problem. I'll walk tomorrow. And so you go in. You eat. You indulge. You do it. And then the minute you sit down, the guilt comes on you. The devil says, you sorry pig of a person. Don't have any self-will. My God, you can't do any. You see what I'm saying? That's the devil wanting to do that to you. He always wants to bring you to bondage, but Jesus wants to bring you into liberty. Jesus, Jesus always wants you to be in freedom. How do you know if it's the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness? Is it bondage or is it liberty? What does the kingdom of God look like? It looks like liberty. Not liberty to sin, but freedom to have a relationship with Jesus. Amen. So three things Jesus did. He, he cast out the devil. You got to get the, the, the devil out. You need to heal the child to, to restore them to whatever the devil has destroyed. And then the, 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 the third thing is, he says, and restored him back into his father. Your relationship with your heavenly father that's been broken needs to be restored. Because that's what the devil's after. He's after to get you into bondage so you're not in fellowship with God. Because if you're in fellowship with God, boom, man, you're going to have victory and liberty. Everybody say liberty. liberty. So look here. Go to Luke 13, verse 11. Luke 13, 11. It says, And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and she'd been bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And when he laid hands on her, immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with, with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Wow. And then the Lord answered and said, You hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath day loose his donkey or his ox from the stall and lead them in to water it? How ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, look at here, whom Satan hath bound? Think of it, for these 18 years, be loosed from this bondage. Who bound her? The devil did. The devil wants you in bondage. And the religious people of that day were mad because Jesus healed her on the Sabbath and said, well, he broke the law. They were in bondage to the law. They were in bondage to man's rules. Okay, so this takes me to this place. I just told you those three things of the kingdom, but I got to stay on this thing about bondage, all right? So you have to understand that the first thing that's in the king, not the very first thing, I'm just saying in my lineup, the first thing that God wants you to do is he wants you to be delivered from bondage, correct? He wants you free. That's why the spirit of the Lord's upon him. He wants your broken heart mended because a broken heart can end up in bondage. You can be in bondage to grief. You can be in bondage to uh, anything. Hello? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm telling you, you can. You can be in bondage to the way you look. You can be in bondage in the sense that you could be a vain look. You're saying, oh, I'm so gorgeous. 
Or it could be you're always in bondage to not liking yourself. Looking at yourself saying, oh, if, you know, if I had different facial features, if I had this or that or that, life would be better. That's bondage. It doesn't make any difference what the bondage is. You don't have to be a drug addict to be in bondage. But you can be a drug addict and be in bondage. Right? I always wish I was taller. I wish my feet were smaller. I wish my toes weren't so long. That's bondage. If you stand in front of a mirror, ladies, and you do this. You may be in bondage and think your hips are too wide. See, the devil doesn't care what kind of bondage he gets you into. He just wants you in bondage. I used to always be so amazed at how when I was traveling in the mission field and I would be in these you know, remote places, there's no mirrors. You never see yourself. And I realized how after a week of being in a place that I was never looking in a mirror, I didn't shave, didn't do anything, I never saw it, just threw water on my face, attempted to comb hair back and put a hat on, so you know, whatever. I didn't care what I looked like. It didn't make any difference. I was just out there in the middle of the field and, and I didn't think about what I looked like. And I began to realize how unaware I was of myself, that there was no, there was no judgment of myself. There was no thinking of myself because I did not have a mirror where I could look at myself. And so you're just out there and you just get up and you just go. And it was so freeing, so liberating because you weren't ever being judgmental of yourself. And then you show back up in America and the whole, everything's glass. And you're like, oh, man, I should have shaved, cut something, you know. I mean, got hair growing everywhere. But you don't think about it when you don't have a mirror. And all of a sudden, you're, just, you're not in bondage to any of that. You're free. Okay. So you have to understand that freedom is your God-given right. Now, hear what I'm saying to you, church, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into some other stuff here in just a second. Freedom is given to you by God, not freedom to take somebody else's life, right? You can't just go do that. But the whole principle of the kingdom of God is about freedom. Now, America, this great land that we live in, we understand freedom, okay? We understand freedom for not being like living in a world where you're being persecuted and you've lost or you have no freedoms. All right. But the enemy is always trying to steal freedom. He's trying to steal freedom from you in a spiritual plane, but he's also trying to steal freedom from you in a natural plane. Also. Always. When America became a free country and we, fought the, the War of Independence in 7076. I mean, I don't want to get into a whole history lesson here, but when, you, when all that was taking place, it was fought for freedom so that you would have the right for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Glory. Hello? Glory. Freedoms that we have, Americans have grown fat and accustomed to, and, but we're not realizing that we're losing chickens out of the hen house. Because we still got a few chickens left in there. We're out there like still saying, Mama, didn't we have 22 chickens? And how many we got today? Well, there's only 18. Well, 18's better than none. And then the next day we go out there and say, Mama, Dad, didn't we have 18 chickens yesterday? And she says, no. 
Looks like there's 15 today. American freedoms are being stolen right in front of our eyes. And you got this is what I want you to understand. I've told you this. I've told you this. I've told you this. Everything going on is not about politics. It's about good and evil. You got to understand something. The kingdom of the devil is about bondage, is about taking freedom away. And the kingdom of God is about liberty and giving Christians freedom. And what is happening in the world today is the enemy is stealing freedoms and we're standing around saying, oh, what? How? Because we've gotten so accustomed to walking in freedom. Freedom of speech. I literally cannot say this morning some of the things I would like to say, because if I do, I get cut off. Do you hear what I'm saying? Does that not sound like? Communist China. I mean, it's a reality. It's not like, oh, pastor, he's a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. He's a little out there. No, no, it's the truth. How about, how about this stupid thing? Boy, it can be a big blessing. But if you, I mean, folks, if you don't think it's true, just go home, set your phone down there, start talking things. Say, I need an ice chest. I really would like to have an ice chest. I'd like to have an ice chest that was whole about 24 quart ice chest. I guarantee you by the time I get home, I'm going to have every ad on there of a 24 quart ice chest that was ever made. It's going to be coming up on my phone. Well, but pastor, they're trying to help you. They're trying to, uh, you know, get you what you need. No, they're not. They're manipulating the system. How about freedom to assemble? Well, but we have to shut churches down. When you sing, COVID goes everywhere. <laughs> and my, my deal is, well, what would happen if I served y'all food? Because, you know, if you're sitting at a table in a restaurant and you have food in front of you, you know, COVID's dead. It won't, it won't go anywhere. You can take your mask off and eat and it doesn't, you know, it's, a, it's an anomaly. It's like a, this magical anomaly. Food in front of you stops COVID. <laughs> but remove the plate, it's loosed. Get the mask on, quick. Put the plate down, it's gone. So what would happen if I gave you all food while we sang? <laughs> Freedom to pursue our dreams. Freedom to secure our dreams. Freedom to protect our dreams. All I'm saying to you is, churches, you have to understand something. What's going on now, the world needs to wake up. Because I'm telling you, the kingdom of heaven is about delivering people from bondage. And what the world is wanting to do right now is bring people in bondage. That is not the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom of the, of the devil. I'll call it for what it is. Trying to take freedom from people. I'm not here to argue the point about this, that, or the other. I'm just merely stating to you, start looking around in your life and see where, where you possibly could be in bondage. Because I guarantee you, all of us sitting in here, including myself, there's some form somewhere in you. Look at the person beside you and say, I think he's talking to you. Second Corinthians chapter three. Let's look at this. Second Corinthians three fifteen. 
But even to this day, when Moses is read the veil uh, on their heart, there's a veil on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, look, when one turns to the Lord, 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 the veil is taken away. How does that happen? Because when one turns to the Lord, the kingdom of God comes upon that person and the veil is lifted. Amen. You see, folks, this is stuff that happens all the time, every day, not a event. How many of y'all saw the cloud, the, the skylight, uh, the, the sunset yesterday? Huh? How about that? Was that amazing? Did that not look like God could just step out of that in a minute and say, hey, boys? I mean, you know, right? That sunset was amazing. But I don't have to have God step out of it and say, hey, to know the kingdom of God is already here. Amen. And when a person turns to the Lord, the veil's taken away. But it's got to turn to you got to turn to the Lord. You can't you can't buy a ticket. Let me put it this way and go into the kingdom. Right. Y'all may go to the cafe here in a minute and wherever y'all go to eat lunch and whatever, you know, you go in there, and you sit down, and you make an order and, the, and you come to it. You're in a physical building. There's no physical place you can go for the kingdom of God. You say we're coming to church. Oh, we go to church because that's where God is. No, God's with you all the time. All right, we come to church and gather because the Bible says don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together. We come together to join our faith where two or more are gathered together. There's more power. We come together for that, but God's with you at all times. The kingdom of God's open to you at all times. But what are you going to do? Well, when you turn to the Lord, he's there. Well, I prayed once, Pastor, and I didn't feel nothing. Well, do it again. Listen, <clears throat> this swine thing again, I'll use it as an example. Um, I don't know if you use notes. I, I use notes. I, I, I copy and paste from, from the Bible into notes, and then that's how I create my, my, my get all my messages, my sermons, not, not my sermons, my scriptures on here that I'm going through. That's how I do it. It's probably a zillion other ways to do it. I do it like that because that's the only way I learn. Well, this, this phone, you know, you, you know, they always force you to get an update. You know, they're just going to flash that button at you until you're finally going to break down and do it. And you don't want to do it because you, you already learned you ain't too good at learning anyway if you're like me. And then you already knew how to work it before. And then now they want you to change it. And they're going to change it. Why they think they got to change it, I do not know. But anyway, so I was having the hardest time trying to copy and paste because I was touching the little cursor and, and it would just jump around everywhere. And I touch it and jump up here and I touch it and jump down there. And I thought, well, my finger's too big. And I get my little finger and try to do it. Man, I was messing with this thing and it just going every which way in the world. And I was just getting really irritated. I told Laura, I said, this thing used to always work and it don't work now. And so I did the smart thing. I prayed. I said, Holy Ghost, I don't understand this. And I know that, you know, you know everything. And so can you help me here? And so it was as clear as a bell. I heard the Spirit of God say, don't touch the cursor. Now, you did touch the cursor before, but now I got a new update. And so I moved my finger over a little bit and touched it. And whoop, there it was. And I said, that is, Holy Ghost, thank you for helping me out here, teaching me how to do electronics. And so I touched it over there. And then as he said that, he said, it's that simple. This is what the Holy Spirit said to me. It's that simple that people, if they just make a slight change in their relationship with me, it'll make all the difference in the world to them. See, you, you just got to have, you just got to understand, just move your finger a little bit over and touch it. And boy, there it does. Used to be, when you wanted the, 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 the word highlighted, you, you held your finger on it. 
Oh, but not now. You touch it twice. And then it's highlighted. Well, you know, I erased things and did all kinds of things because I wasn't doing it right. And it was just a little change. Don't hold your finger at it. Tap it. Oh, what a revelation that you've been praying and you've been going through all your relationship with Jesus and you haven't really seen a lot of fruit of the kingdom of God in your life. But then all of a sudden you make a little change. And then all of a sudden heaven's open to you. Because I'm telling you, the kingdom of God's already here. I'm telling you, God wants to bless you with everything he's got. God right now this morning wants to give you everything in the kingdom. He didn't hold nothing back. He didn't say, well, I don't know. I don't think I'll give you anything. No, it's all there available for you. And you say, well, I don't understand. I've been praying. Maybe you need to move your finger over. Get your finger off the cursor. Quit blaming God's not moving and you make some changes and let the kingdom of God come flooding into your life. And this is a turned. And then what happened? It says, now, now, da, da, da. And, and, and nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil's taken away. Now, the Lord is the spirit where the spirit of the Lord is. There is. God, the kingdom of God is about liberty, not bondage. God's not wanting you to get saved so he can control you and make you a little minion over there. And you, everybody does everything white. And we all got to wear the same kind of shirt and dress the same, put the same hairdo and all that kind of stuff. No, that's not what God's about. God's about giving you liberty to be who he called you to be. Amen. And we're not all called to be the same people. Yes, we're called to be his people. Yes, Hello? And that's what makes serving God so cool is that he wants you to just have liberty to be who God called you to be. It says, but we all with unveiled faces, behold us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the spirit of the Lord. Okay. So God's it's a continual process of transforming us, transforming us, transforming us, transforming us, transforming us. It's never going to quit. You don't get to this place and say, okay, I'm doing pretty good. Guess I can coast. No, there's no coasting. We're always got to be growing. All right. The next one. Jesus wants to deliver you from a life of fear. It's that simple. I've been saying this all year, but I'm just going to say it again. Folks, listen to me. We walk in fear, and we people are so trained in fear. You know, you, we, we, we just do ridiculous things. We, we, fear will never own a house. Then we finally own a house Get a, get a down payment on it, get a house, then we fear we won't ever have the monthly payment. And then you're making that monthly payment, and then you fear the house is going to burn down. And then you just walk in fear. Just keep going from fear to fear to fear. The more fear you walk in, the more negative your life becomes. Would it not be liberating just to believe that God is truly going to order your steps and prepare your way and make all the crooked paths straight? Would it not just be great in life to just sit back and just love God and just have a good day and, and enjoy the sun, enjoy everybody around you, enjoy the blessings of life, and just know that God's got you? Amen. But see, we fear God doesn't have us, or we fear that we got too far away. Fear is leading this country right now. It's fear leading the country. We got a new variant out of the coronavirus. What's that thing called? Omicron. Sounds like some sort of a transformer. You know, and uh, Omicron's out there. Man, I tell you, it's just terrible. Got 43 people in the, in, the, in the country sick. Ain't nobody been in the hospital yet. Nobody died. 43. 
Oh my God, double up. Don't have Christmas. I mean, now they're making wrapping paper with, you know, you can use as a mask. <laughs> Not really, I just. It'll be out on the market and I'll have some when I get home. On, give me an ad. It's just ridiculous. Understand, we're all being led by fear. Every fear is about everything, right? God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Look, Romans 8.15 says, Do not did, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, But Father, man, if you're a child of God, you're born again. Man, listen to me. I take care of my family in the natural. How much more is my heavenly Father going to take care of me? I love my kids and I want them taken care of. And then you're going to say, yeah, but God, you know, he's not like that. What? 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 The God that created the heavens and the earth are all in that they're in. He ain't going to take care of you. He ain't going to get you out of trouble. Order your steps and prepare your way. But see, we get in our head because the devil plays on fear is when everything in your life doesn't go perfect. You think God's not with you because you think if God was with you, everything would be perfect. No, the Bible says then we live in a fallen world. It ain't going to be perfect till we get to heaven. But right now we're in a war zone and we're going to walk through the war zone. We're going to do the best job that we can. But when we get into the war zone and get into a mess, God is there with us to get us delivered through it. You're going to have issues. There's going to be a nail in the highway and you're going to run over it and get a flat. I'm not pronouncing that over you. I'm just telling you that's what happens. <clears throat> now, maybe you have the ministry of removing nails from the road. I don't know. Maybe that's something you pray about and you've got down. And you say, no, I don't ever have a flat because I rebuke them all. Well, let me just tell you this one. I just got back from a trip and I was pulling a trailer and I didn't have a nail. Didn't have a nail on the tire. Had a cartridge, a shell, a brass shell. What are the odds of a brass shell laying upon the road just at the right opportunity? It's brass to go into my tire. How well, what's the odds? I mean, that's got to be pretty astronomical. But I had a nail once before and I just rebuked the nails. I didn't know I had to rebuke shells. <laughs> I was trying to look at it. I said, what is this? Who is this? I bet it's a 270 shell. Somebody out there, I'm 270 people. Because I'm a 30 odd six guy, so you know. But I'm just saying, you're not going to have it all. You cannot come up with all the scenarios to sit down in your prayer list to get it all out because you don't know. And then you start shooting general prayers, you know, anything out there that could be tire puncturing. <laughs> Point being, you cannot live in fear because fear brings you into bondage. Yeah. It's a nice, relaxing place to say, well, if I have a flat, we'll do something about it. Maybe I find a five gallon bucket of gold sitting on the side of the road where I pulled over. 2 Timothy 1.7, I know you know that scripture, but God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Folks, that's when we're not supposed to be walking over here. Fear causes stress. Stress causes heart disease. Fear will make you sick. Worry and anxiety will make you sick. You say, well, I just don't, you just don't understand. No, I do understand. You're in fear because you don't trust God. He said, well, it's not really that. No, 
It is. Just admit it. Because we don't have that relationship with the Lord that we should. We're not walking in the freedom that God has bought for us because we're, we're, we, we, we get into this half, hum, this half you know, human relationship and half spiritual relationship and we're, we're vacillating back and forth and it goes back to all the way to point one. We're not sold out. I heard this. I was listening to an old preacher preach. And uh, he was preaching in the early 80s but he was quoting from somebody who was living in the 50s. And he said, he, he has heard so many people today that are having to turn back to the Lord because they can't afford health insurance. It's so expensive. And I was like, well, I rewound it and I listened. So he's quoting somebody from the 50s saying that the people are complaining because they can't afford health insurance. I'm like, it sounds like what's going on now. And I asked the Lord about it. I said, Lord, that's kind of strange. I mean, you know, what's going on here? And then I read Ecclesiastes 4, and it said, everything that, you know, nothing new in the sun, everything that was, was then is now. And I thought, isn't that funny? They're worried about that then, health insurance. Now we just think Obamacare is something new, but the bottom line was they were worried about it then. Not Obamacare, but they were worried about insurance. You follow me, church? So do you just, exactly, do you just get to realizing that the devil is just trying to keep people into bondage no matter what it is, and he just keeps using the same things, and he keeps using stupid politicians to go in there to stir all the pot? Because we always say they'd just shut up and get out of there. We'd leave us alone. We'd be okay. Because they always say they're for the betterment, they're for the betterment of the people, but they're not. Because huh, nothing new under the sun, and it never worked in, and it won't work now. Folks, listen to me. I lived through that. 80s. I lived through Carter. I lived through 21% interest. If you were alive in those days, you know, it broke me. It took everything I did. It took me, but I'm still alive. And through being broke, what did God do? He liberated me. I got saved. I got saved right in the middle of a barn, getting ready to blow my brains out. I got saved. I got saved in the worst years. I saw banks crash. I saw money lost. I saw people lose their money. I saw businesses go broke. And ain't nothing different going on right now. You know what we did? And I got saved. I went around the world and preached the gospel, giving away millions of dollars. You can have liberty in Christ. Or you can have bondage in the world. I could have been an embittered, drunk, fool, lost my family, probably been in prison because I'd have shot some place up because they took all my money. And uh, my whole life would have been like that, ruined. But no, Jesus gave me liberty. So that's what I'm saying to you. For it's, it's, it's like, well, but you lost everything. I gained everything. I gained a relationship with heaven. I gained a relationship with the Heavenly Father. I gained, got, got me an elder brother, Jesus. I didn't do anything but gain. Because if you look in the world since you say, oh, well, the monetary things, the, the you know, thousands of acres you lost, all this and that, that doesn't mean anything to me. I've got thousands in heaven. God's blessed me forever. But if you're going to live in fear, then your fear says, oh, now what are we going to do? I mean, we don't know what inflation is from what it was in the 80s. We ain't seen nothing yet. I don't like it. I don't like paying more. I don't like going on. I don't like it because it's stupid. That's what makes me mad. I don't like it because it's not like we ran out of oil or something. You know, I just don't like because it it's just manipulation of, of government officials doing what they want to do to do that that hurts all of us who are just trying to live for God and go to church and, and rescue orphans, right? But 
That's what irritates me. But my point is, I'm not going to live in fear about it. Because I'm just going to believe God for more. I'm just going to believe God that my uh, almighty God else should die. is not going to, he, he, he's not saying, well, I don't know. Jesus, we're going to have a hard time pulling this off. Interest rates are going up. <laughs> what? You think God's concerned about that? No. You, think, you think the same miracle of God? I remember the day, you know, $20 would go a long ways. Man, I remember $20, we'd buy enough hamburger meat to last all week. Man, we had hamburger helper and hamburger this way and helper that away sometimes. Just, just had the helper. <laughs> and by God, we lived. All right? So which brings me to the next point. The third thing God delivers you from is want. Is want. Okay? Of course, Psalms 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. you be delivered from want. See, let me tell you something. The devil wants to bring you into bondage by getting you into this want. Right? You want, you know, and he, then he just makes it a little more and he makes it a little more and he <laughs> tightens the screw down a little bit more. And then the want becomes into the intense desire and, he, rah, 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 rah. and then we're saying, you know. You're in bondage. But God delivers you from want. He says, the Lord is your shepherd. God will lead you in the place where you're satisfied and full. There's not want. Now, I want to tell you all this. I can tell you that there's desires in my heart that have taken 40 years to come to pass, but I'm walking in them today. There's other desires that I've had that have happened pretty much within a week. But there's some things that's taken a while. But the great news is, as I've always had confidence in the Lord, he's going to pull it off. Amen. And every time the devil told me, look, it's been too long, it's not going to happen, I said, no, no, no. No, 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 no. No. Someday, I don't know how it's going to work. You, you just laugh at me. Just laugh. Just go ahead. Just laugh. I don't know how. Someday, I'm going to be handed a check for $9.3 million. Amen. Why that amount? Because that's what the devil stole from me times seven when I lost the ranch, I lost everything I had. That was what the value was times seven. I added it that day. I wrote it down, wrote it down in my Bible, and said, that's what the Bible says, that you get me back sevenfold return, and so somebody's going to have to work. I'll come and write me a check for $9.3 million. I believe it with all of my heart. Now I hope I get it before I'm like, thank you, I appreciate the check. Here, Joseph, you can have it, Darcy. No. I hope it comes before then so I can enjoy it a little bit before I get to where I can't walk or something, you know. But I'm just saying, I know it's, it's going to happen because that's what the Word says. Amen. It's taken a while. But, you know, it is $9 million. I wrote this down. Want leaves when trust appears. Holy Ghost just said that to me. Want leaves when trust appears. Because when you're trusting in the Lord... And the one's gone. Okay? Now I'm going to finish this real quickly. The fourth thing here is he delivers you from a lack of vision or dreams. Jesus gave us a living example of what the kingdom of God is like. I mean, that's the bottom line. He went to weddings and, and brought the best wine. 
He visited with all the people there. He enjoyed himself. He, he was not a party pooper. Jesus ate. Jesus healed. Jesus preached. Jesus blessed. Jesus liked to freak people out, walk on water. He could have got a boat. He did it just because he liked to freak people out. That's why I love the Lord. He does things that just freak you out. What? He didn't have to do that. Jesus got a great sense of humor. He had a smirk on his face while Peter's sinking. I can guarantee you. He's sinking. He's like, yeah. Big dummy. Let me help you. He had so many... He had a smirk on his face when he calls Lazarus out from the grave. How many people seen a mummy come hopping out of there? Because it's the only way the mummy, it's the only way he was wrapped totally up in the The only way he could have got out of there was to hop. That's so what I got figured. He couldn't have walked out. He's wrapped. So he had to hop. So he comes hopping, hopping out. Mummy come hopping out of there. Everybody's freaked out. People faint. All the stuff goes down. And Jesus Chuckles to himself. Yeah, y'all want to see a miracle? There's a miracle. Somebody go and rap stinky over there. <laughs> he gave us a living example. Christianity is not boring. Christianity is great. Christianity is the most exciting thing that there ever could be on the face of the earth. So 2 Corinthians 3, 4. Let me just give you a few of these scriptures and I'll close. When we hear, it says, And we have such trust through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, or to think of anything as being from ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. God wants you to have life. Church, listen to me. God wants you to have life. Jesus died on the cross so you could have life. Life, not a boring life, a good life, an exciting life, a blessed life, Okay. He made you sufficient so you could walk in that. He made you sufficient so that you could be that mustard seed sprouted up with limbs all over you and, and blessing the birds all around you and doing all this kind of stuff and helping people get out of bondage. Life. He gave you life. All right. It says in, in, in 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18, it says, now the Lord, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty. I read that. And now we all who unveil faces behold us in a mirror. The Lord, we are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory. So you're changing, transforming. It's life, but it's life. It's growing. It's life. Have you ever seen somebody who's really down in the dumps and you look at them and they don't look like there's any life in them? Their whole countenance looks down. Okay. And then you see the person who's just got out of prayer meeting with the Lord and everything's good. And you see them and you're like, wow, I know where you've been. Why? Because it, you're being changed from glory to glory. Because life is in you. Okay? It says in, in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone into your heart. It's the light of God shining through you. The kingdom of God is about life and about light and about victory, not bondage. Yes, Lord. If you find any Christian... Who's saying, well, you know, this is just, you know, I can't do that. They're in bondage. They're in bondage. And so, folks, what I'm trying to say to you today is simply this. The kingdom of God is here. 
Don't be looking somewhere else. It's right here on the inside of you. It's right here through the, to be able to leap off the pages of the word to you. The kingdom of God is alive and well and flowing right now if you want to walk in it. But if you want to walk in bondage, well, then it's going to take you down. Now, this is what I want to do. I want to ask you to just put your Bibles up if you would. Because I want to pray for you. Because what I want you to understand is, listen to me, if you're in any bondage today, God can deliver you. He can deliver you instantly if you want to be delivered. But you have to do something. It's like you got to, it's like if you were, it's like if you were in a, in the ocean and you're leaning over the side of the boat and you're holding on to this something, this bondage. You're holding on to it. And you're, you're wanting it to be free from it, but you just haven't turned loose of it. So you're still in bondage to fear. You're still in bondage to anger. You're still in bondage to drugs. You're still in bondage to revenge. You're still in bondage to, to lust. You're still in bondage to pornography. You're still in bondage to hate. You're still in bondage to uh, discrimination, racial hatred. You're still in bondage. It's like you're holding on to this. And your job's to turn loose and let it go, sink into the waters. But you got to do it. I can pray and pour all over you until you're wet from one end to the other. Like a greased pig in a pig contest. Ain't going to do you no good. It's not going to set you free. I wish it would. I wish holy water worked. Believe me, I'd have some fun with it. If I could just get the bottle out and just throw it on you, and then you just got what you needed and walked off, make my job really simple. You, we wouldn't even have to preach on Sundays. Just line up, bathing suits all across there. Let's get a squirt gun. Just get free. Going out. Thanks, Pastor. Going out. No, it has to do with the Holy Spirit tapping on the door of your heart. The scripture Tracy read in Revelations 3.20, and you opening the door. And letting the Holy Spirit, Jesus, walk into your home and set you free. That's what it takes. It takes forgiving. It takes repenting. But the kingdom of God's alive. And then God comes in and sets you free. You don't have to be in bondage to it anymore. Because I want to tell you something, church. I'm a whole lot more concerned with the bondages of the heart than I am the bondages of the flesh. Because the bondage of the heart will destroy you from the inside out, while on the outside you still look like a nice whitewashed tomb. That's what Jesus' point was. Okay? So what I want to ask you to do is to stand up. Everybody out there watching, hear me now. God wants to deliver you right now. And I'm not going to make a big altar call. Matter of fact, I will ask my prayer team to come down because there's anybody here that needs prayer. But listen to me, the very first step is you've got to ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. If you've never made that commitment, if you don't know that you know that you know today that if you died, you're going to go to heaven, well then, folks, listen to me, you're probably not saved. If you can't give me a resounding on the inside of me, yeah, I'm saved, I know Jesus, well then, you're probably not. And so why are you putting that off? Are you scared that he's going to make you do something you don't want to do? Well, listen to me, he's not. I've preached it plain as it gets today. And what you need to do is you need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. And it's really simple. All you have to do is say, Jesus, 
I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. And right there he will, if you mean that from your heart. If you're in here today and you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven, well, then that's why we have the prayer team people up here to pray with you. Don't, don't say, oh, I'll put it off another day. You don't have another day to put it off. Don't walk out through these doors if you're not 100% sure in here that you're right with God. And that's all it takes is you asking him to come into your life. But I want to pray with you if you're in bondage. Maybe while I've been preaching this, the Holy Spirit's pricked your heart on things that you're in bondage to. Listen to me, if it's biggins, you know, biggins, you're addicted to porn, you're addicted to alcohol, drugs, whatever, something that's big in your life, well, yeah, you, you, God will set you free from that. But if it's a little one, see, I shouldn't even be limiting these things, saying biggins and little, because they're all big. But if it's something you've been considering little, like maybe that person you need to forgive or that jealousy you have or that want you have, God will set you free right now as I pray. But you've got to be willing to give it to me. So I'm going to pray. And whatever the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you about, you, while I'm praying, give it to him. And you watch the kingdom of God come upon you and God set you free. So Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name. I know your power, Lord. I know what you're able to do. And I pray for everybody watching, everybody in here today that's in bondage. Whatever that bondage is, Lord God, that's not the kingdom of God. That's not what we want to walk in. Lord, that's why we have freedom prayer. That's why we have these things that we can come and be set free from. And I pray this morning, Lord God, that as each and every heart is revealed and opened up to you and laid out before you, that today the kingdom of God comes upon the people. And they are set free from the bondages of life. Free to be happy, free to have joy in their lives, free to walk in the, in the, in the, the greatness of your relationship with you. But the obstructions are moved, the bondages are moved out of the way. And that this day, O oh Heavenly Father, the kingdom of God descends in their life in a great, great, great way. And that they are free free, no longer to be tormented, no longer to be harassed by the enemy, but I declare free in Jesus' name, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Everybody say with me, say, I'm free. free. Say it again, say, I'm free. free. Now look at the person beside you and say, how about it? Are you free? free. (laughs) So free people. I just declare right now in Jesus' name, you're blessed. Go out there and be a big tree. Let all the birds come and rest on your branches. Be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.